0: Hey. Hey. What'd you think? About what? Did did you get my text? Oh.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to our show, Did You Get My Text? I'm Meredith Salinger.
0: I'm Patton Oswalt. And if you can
1: hear the rasp in his voice, oh it will show you that he is currently suffering from coronavirus 19. Breakthrough, through,
0: breakthrough, c- 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 coronavirus 40- 19. Um got uh, a yeah, tested positive this past Friday.
1: And it was a big old bummer because uh Patton is currently filming a series in Savannah, Georgia, where it is a balmy a hundred and something degrees with a hundred and something percent humidity. A
0: genuinely and a genuinely gorgeous city that has been dropped into the middle of a steam bath.
1: Yeah. So our poor little Patton got COVID from somebody on the crew who who knows who it was.
0: They're still contract tracing. It could be anybody. Could I be I I got here. I, my first day, I wasn't filming, but I made out with everybody. I mean, everyone from the grips, <laughs> all the all the makeup people. I just I hooked up. That's what I do. Like that's how I get comfortable on the set so that I can then that's do the work I need do to do when
1: they're on. Yeah, actors you sh- hook up on location. That you, is.
0: You what get we there do. a day early. You hook up with the crew so that you, now you're not thinking about it, and you can actually do the job. The 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 crew actually appreciates that because now <laughs> everyone can do their best work. So uh, and so probably that is how it happened.
1: Yeah the elect the electrics key grip probably did it for, to you. Oh man,
0: I was so bu- it was the, uh, this is a really cool production. I've been doing equestrian training. I've been doing. Um, some weapons training. It's very cool. It's set during the Civil War. It's historical. What weapons training did you do? Uh, my character uses brass knuckles and a pistol.
1: How do you how do you do weapons training with brass knuckles? Put them on and just punch. Just like I mean, just like
0: how you would you know how you would slip them on. How what what what's someone who knows what someone who yeah. they want you to look like? Someone who knows. How to use it brass often. knuckles, who has done an off. Yeah, exactly. Rather than. Yeah,
1: I don't think that requires a lot of training. The horseback riding, on the other hand, yes.
0: Yeah, that requires a lot of training. So I was doing all that. And then the, the scene, of course, that I was supposed to shoot today, as we speak, uh, they had to rewrite that one. I'd already shot a couple scenes, but this one where I ride up on my horse and I intimidate somebody with a uh, a gun, that has been, that got rewritten I'm in. I'm in four more episodes, but this, you know, this sucks. So now I'm on this um, protocol: uh, seven day um, isolate in place. I'm taking Paxlovid um, and drinking a ton of water, and basically I've been barricaded in this room now for. I think this is going on day four.
1: Yeah, three or so four. Yeah. So there's lots of rumors swirling around um, the Omicron variant and. Uh, Omicron. Monoc- Omicron? Omicron? I
0: thought it was Omicron. Is it Omicron? Dude, you know what? At this point, they change it know. every week. Who knows what it is? There's a
1: new one every week. Perhaps I'm not pronouncing it correctly. Yeah. That being said,
0: yeah.
1: um, word on the street is that monoclonal antibodies don't work on this one and that perhaps Paxlovid does. But the other rumor is you have to take Paxlovid within the first three days. And then the other rumor is even if you took it, it might cause a rebound effect. Anyway, there's – no one knows – no one knows anything. It's all the new. thing is, whether you take to... it
0: like I'm doing it with a base of solid horse de- dewormer, um, <laughs> you're I don't think I, I'm leaving nothing to chance on this. So, a lot of horse dewormers yeah, not
1: doing the horse dewormer, people, and, and uh, don't do that.
0: very I'm very excited. I'm very confident. The bummer
1: of this whole thing, beside the fact that you have COVID, which I hope you recover from because that would suck, Ugh. um is that you had to miss our daughter's graduation from sixth grade as she uh, matriculates to seventh grade at a whole new school. I know. Um, and that was painful. That was painful well, for you. here's what's
0: hilarious, though. As we found out, it was extremely painful for me. Um, it could not have been less painful for Alice. She... Well, did not care (laughs) when we i was like nobody no kid
1: wants no one really cares about their parents being there they want to hang out with their friends they're all gonna cry and hug each other and also
0: they don't care about six like high school college that's one thing she's like i I just she didn't even want to do the the performance at the sick creators she goes i just want to go to the party with my friends and so it had (laughs) nothing to do with us and when i i remember we were on facetime and i was like alice um daddy got covid and i have to stay in Savannah. And she's like, like it took her longer to put together that I was telling her I wasn't going to be there. Cause she wasn't even thinking about it. She was like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, don't worry about like, she's uh, like it's you could,
1: okay, dad. You're okay. Don't worry about it.
0: <laughs> but you could see her like trying to put together, Oh, should I act sad as well? Because he, I don't want him to be thinking I don't care. Cause she, right. she clearly was not thinking of any of that. All she was thinking is I'm going to get together with my friends. We're going to have this big party afterward. That's all she cared about. Well, Literally all she was I've, thinking about.
1: I will say that the graduation was amazing yeah. in that. And let me let me preface this by saying I've been to lots of graduations. I've been part of lots of graduations. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of them are just very sort of stuffy events where you're kind of like in your nice white dress and you get your cap and <sighs> gown. And Good. the teachers all give really long, boring speeches. And you're all just sitting there and then they you go up on stage and you shake hands and you hold your diploma. This was so awesome the way this school did it. It was so kid-centered. First of all, no one was dressed up. They were all just in jeans and T-shirts. Nice. Um, And uh, they all had put together songs um, with lyrics. They changed the lyrics to pre-existing songs. Like they did the soundtrack to Hamilton and changed the lyrics to like, we'll be back to like the school kind of a thing. Oh, dear God. Um, And it was so cute. And they really all wrote the lyrics together. And... It was just so interesting, the things they focused on, and one of the things that they focused on, they did like these little skits, and one of the skit was, um, it was called Ryan's Room, which basically was a skit about mental health. It was like, these three kids are talking, and the one kid is like, oh, I'm feeling kind of blue, and the other kid is like, well, let's go to Ryan's room, nobody will be there, and Ryan is like this guidance counselor or somebody at the school. Mm-hmm. and. And then the joke is they open the curtains walking into Ryan's room and the it's the entire class is in Ryan's room and they're all singing about how stressed out they all are. And But like in the old days, nobody would go. Nobody would go to the counselor because they were having issues. It was just like this past year has been so rough for all the kids um, these past couple years. And it was really interesting wow. how self-aware they were and like really... The, the skit showed all of them kind of like listening to each other and then hugging each other. It was very, it was very, um, it was very mentally health conscious and it was great. And it was funny and they changed all the lyrics and they were all dancing and they were all laughing. And then, and then at the end, uh, one of the teachers spoke and was talking about how big events happen throughout life. You know, everyone remembers like when John F. Kennedy was shot from that generation or certain things, big events in life people remember 9-11 uh, but there's a collective experience for these kids to have gone through social uh, um, uh, isolation basically social isolation from each other
0: yeah,
1: um, and having to do it from home and not being on campus and that they've all collectively experienced this together and it will be something like that they remember oh when I was this age this is what we did and this is these are the people we did it with and it sort of bonds you in a way that it's a shared experience that they will always have with each other.
0: It, it's it, it's so great. I, I don't want to get all misty, but whenever I hear like a, an older person talk about, oh, this generation is so soft, and look at these, everyone's got a therapist. And blah, blah, blah. when I see something like a skit like that, where the kids are actually doing something kind of funny and knowing and winking about, oh, everyone's in in the in the psychiatrist's office. Are you kidding? We're all going nuts here. That to me makes me feel nothing but hope and um, uh, excitement about the future. It used to be such a stigma to admit that you ever have to have any kind of psychiatric help. I know that there were a couple of, I knew a couple of friends of mine in high school that had to go to counseling after school, and they kept it quiet. It was a thing that you kept quiet, like, oh, why you got to, because it was still that leftover thing from that generation of, aren't you strong enough, aren't, can't you handle this enough. Yeah, and I think that's thank, really gone away. Oh my God, thank God we outgrew that. Absolutely. I know exactly what you're saying, that we we needed to outgrow that.
1: The one good thing about kids these days is they are all very self-aware. And yeah. the bad thing is they were forced to be with all the yes. shootings and yes. with COVID. And uh, you know, there's been so many political things. When I was a little girl, I didn't know anything about politics because there was no huge travesty going on Um, Right during my childhood that affected us personally in the way that shootings and COVID has affected kids these days. And they kind of are so much more grown up than we were because they are dealing with such big global issues that really affect everybody and they've had to handle it. And kudos to the teachers and administrators at these schools who've tried so hard to like make sure that they're okay.
0: Yeah, it's, it, it's it reminds me, I forgot who exactly said it. It was during that whole Tom Brokaw, greatest generation thing. And and uh, again, the generation of Americans that fought in World War II and had to fight back Nazism and not, not just overseas, but at home. You know, that must have been, I can't believe that amount of pressure and terror. Um, but one of the, I remember an interview with one of the veterans and he wasn't trying to downplay their contribution, but he said, I mean, in a way we didn't have a choice. We had to be extraordinary or the world was going to end like we had and it's weird how that's come around full circle where gen z or gen y or whatever is coming next it's almost like we kind of left you guys with no choice the boomers and the and the gen xers really fumbled everything and you have to be amazing because or, or there's or there's no habitat for humanity on this planet left
1: right I think every generation encounters something that forces you to be the thing that ultimately is a good uh, personal quality, but a terrible thing to have to overcome. And I think uh, kids are just getting thrown things these days that are just, it's too much back-to-back tragedy. Yes. Uh, We, we, the school shootings never end. Um, Yeah. It's not like, 9-11 9-11 was a huge, horrific global tragedy. Um, but it was one day that right. the repercussions are like we deal with the trauma from that one day. There is no day to handle the trauma from a school shooting because no. it doesn't stop. And it's yeah. and what it does is it produces this anxiety in you and also there's no place for closure there's no place to reflect and there's no place to grow from or move on from because it doesn't stop
0: no yeah i mean and
1: and not even school shootings i mean i i was on a panel listening to um people talking about school shootings and how it's not just school shootings but that you know a lot of inner cities. there's so much gun violence just generally in certain areas there's a daily gun violence um, small, on a smaller scale, like at yeah. home, in your neighborhood, drive-by shootings, that kind of a thing. And that's daily. That, a school shooting is, unfortunately, that seems to be happening.
0: But it's think so of hard, how, I but, mean, you mentioned um, 9-11. Think about how 9-11, we had, the, we had a year-plus afterwards, you were right, to, to reflect, to have memorials. There were weeks off, plane travel stopped, sports stopped. We, everyone, we all dealt with the trauma together. And now, and, and I remember some people just unable to deal with the trauma at all. I'll never forget on 9-11 that afternoon, I had a pitch at Fox and it was at like noon. And I called the producer that I was doing the pitch with and I, at 9 a.m. and just to go, hey, first, are you okay? And, and you know, second, we're not, clearly not doing the pitch today. And he's like, what are you talking about? I go, no, because of, what happened? He goes. Oh no, that's that's fine. We'll, we'll still go in and do. It. Like he was in Aww. such he was in so much shock. I'm not I'm not faulting him, but he was like, if I cancel this pitch, it means that things have been disrupted. So right. if I can just keep this level of normalcy, even if that's insane, I will go for that. So um, now think of that level of trauma. And now, I, someone tweeted this about you. You're right. Now there's school shootings, and the attitude is, so what? Go to work. Keep going, go like, don't even. It, it's it's like we treat kids the way that soldiers were treated in Vietnam. Doesn't mean anything. Drive on, your buddy's dead. Doesn't mean nothing. Drive on to keep moving forward. Drive on, and and then we wonder why veterans come back from war as uh, shell shocked and PTSD ridden, and there's going to be a generation that's going to have to deal with that. And which is why I think they are so open now, and so kind of um, accepting and, and almost laughing in a, in a gallows way about therapy and needing um, support and needing you know th- that, that kind of help. Because cause if you don't, if, if they try to suppress it the way the previous generations do, then there's gonna be 10 times the amount of mass killings and suicides if they can't talk about it.
1: Um, yeah, it, suppressing emotion, actually just to bring it from this horrific sadness just to something lighter before we take our break <laughs> um, we were driving back from alice's graduation and i they had this all they all had this great night together they were all out all the kids had a little party outside after graduation and they were all dancing and it was amazing and they were hugging each other and on the way home alice was exhausted and tired in the back seat and i was sort of looking at her like are you okay and she's like I'm just going to suppress my emotions tonight and go to bed. (laughs) She was so tired. She's like, I'm just going to suppress my emotions. And then I was like, okay, and then tomorrow we'll talk about your emotions. She's like, yeah, tomorrow we can talk about my emotions, but right now I'm just going to suppress them and go to bed. I was like, okay. I don't know if that's super healthy, but you're exhausted, so yeah, let's do that. Suppress them, and tomorrow morning we'll talk about it.
0: Actually, that is very, very healthy because nothing is – when I – if I do something big, some big emotional event, either as a performer or something, and then – my body actually needs to go to sleep after it, but I will let my brain roll over the and and run the adrenaline of what just happened, and that's a very healthy thing. Where she's like, "I'm going to tell my brain to go fuck itself, so my body can sleep, and then we'll talk about all this tomorrow." Exactly. Oh my god, I got to steal that attitude. I'm totally stealing that technique.
1: She's like, "I'm suppressing my like, emotions." Drive I'm like, home,
0: awesome. telling my brain to fuck off. Gonna get some sleep. We'll do it all. I'll give you brain. I'll give you all day tomorrow to go over this. Let me sleep tonight.
1: Right now, rest. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price Priceline.
0: Shipping can make
1: or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make
0: it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D.
1: Hey, guys, we're back. I just wanted to talk about Alice's little graduation for a second. They were having this huge party, and all the kids are dancing. And, you know, I get the goss. I get the tea. My kid tells me all the deets. Um, By the so way, this is the likes- first.
0: This is the first year in our daughter's life where that is now a factor in her social engagements and what she's going to do over the weekend is what has been the week's tea and what has been the gossip and who's doing what. Um, so yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. This is the first one we've had to actually factor this in, though.
1: Yeah. Well, she's 13 now, and yeah, that's happening. Uh, The kids are starting to form little relationships like, will you go out with me? Will you not go out with me? Da, 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 da. And by
0: the way, and they're shipping each other. There are some people, there are couples who are like, we're not interested in each other. And the group is like, no, you guys should go out. And they'll like make a portmanteau about them. And the the two in the portmanteau are like, no, 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 we're not, guys, we're not doing this. (laughs) Leave us alone. Yeah.
1: It's so funny because Alice has a friend. Um, they're such good buddies. They're they're they've bonded. They have so many mutual experiences in yeah. their lives, um, and they've super bonded. And it, one he's a boy and she's a girl, and they're both adorable. Um, and they totally like each other, but not like like like.
0: Yeah, <laughs> speaking and, like and, that. And they're they're so. But everybody
1: calls. So it's it's Charlie and Alice, and everybody's going Chalice, right? And they're giving them that portmanteau, and the two of them are like, "You guys, guys you can stop that because we're totally great friends." Yeah. And,
0: and there's not going to yeah. be a weird um, no. meet cute moment where one of us, no, no, cha- no. like, we are totally cool with just being cool. So Yeah,
1: it's funny. But let let us just met. talk
0: to each other, you idiots.
1: At at graduation, his family was all there, and the mom, like, pulled Alice into the group and was like, Alice, this is Charlie's family. And
0: <laughs> the oh uncle God. gave her a high
1: five, and and they're like, we've heard a lot about you. But she's like, oh, my God, you Guys.
0: <laughs> guys. It it's, so it's, it's like meeting the staff of uh, of TMZ. They're like, no, guys, yeah. we're just hanging out.
1: Every so, um, but anyway, they're they were at the party and they're dancing. And then, of course, I'm like, she's gonna want this later when she's older. So I'm totally the spy, and I'm videotaping them on the dance floor. And I'm like, like sneaking pictures of her and her friends, and because I was totally trying to get candid shots so that she has this memory of what it was like to be what it was like to be not just posed pictures but like what it was like so i was doing all these videos of the kids dancing it was very very cute and of course every time she caught me she looked at me with the death stare yeah like like the girl um from stranger things 11 she gives that like death stare look and then she puts her arm out like she's gonna put a spell on you or something yep so i have a million pictures uh, videos of alice walking towards me very quickly looking like she's gonna cast a spell on me and then yes. i just like run away yeah um yeah, it's been pretty cute. Pretty mm-hmm. cute. So Patton, while you've been away, I have been home alone, single parenting it for a while. And, Sorry. Um, I could not with,
0: feel more guilty about all Don't of worry, this. baby.
1: This is what a parent is supposed to do. Oh. Um, I've been getting Alice ready to go to camp, mm-hmm. and I have to pack her, you know, like six pairs of shorts, six pairs of pants. Oh, the, yeah. The, the, the. And so I'm like, Alice, can you get together, like, just pull all your stuff and throw it into a pile so I can, like, start labeling everything? And two seconds later, she's like, okay, I'm done. I did it. And I was like, you got you got all the whole list together? And she's like, yeah, everything's together. I said, does everything fit? She's like, yeah, 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 everything fits. I'm like, I'm coming in your room. So <laughs> I go in the room and I'm sitting on the floor. I'm like, do these shorts fit you? She's like, mom, I wore them, like, last week. They totally fit me. I was like, try them on right now.
0: She, she didn't put anything <laughs> on. She didn't put no, anything she didn't on. Put anything she just on. put them on the ground and went. That's ah, fine.
1: Yeah. So I'm sitting there oh, and going, "Just try them on." She's screaming at me. They fit. They fit. You're so annoying. I'm like, Alice, just put them on. We're gonna do this for the next 20 minutes. Give me this time. Oh, right. so annoying. She puts them on. Do they fit? No. How many? How many pairs of pants out of six do you think fit her? Want to guess? No. One. Wait, no. No. Anyway. I was going to say yeah, none. I just told you R- the answer.
0: One of them actually fit.
1: Yeah, one fit. Wow. So then I'm like scrambling like trying to get like Target to ship over like it's just then everything's out of stock and I'm just losing my marbles. So all I've been doing is running around trying to go to stores to try to get clothes that fit her cuz she's growing and it's really annoying.
0: It's also really it's weird. It's so annoying. It's it's that to do age. Stuff. It's also <laughs> that <laughs> –
1: for it's also people. that
0: age where they grow so fast and as you shop you know that three four months you're going to get all new stuff and
1: actually that's that's exactly what it is because I think some of the like, things oh, that she to... bought like actually probably did fit her like a month ago and yeah. absolutely do not fit her now god damn
0: it that drives yeah. you crazy
1: it drives me crazy
0: well um, I have been but, I, oh go ahead
1: no I was just gonna say so finally we got we sat together we got all the clothes in the piles that are prepared for me to now iron on labels for. And then I was going to go iron on everything. And I go to like where her bathing suits are. Now there's no bathing suits in the pile. And I'm like, Alice. And she's like, Oh, I had a sleepover. I took it. I go, okay, you need to stop taking things from the pile because you're not going to. And she's like, well, I don't have Uh... any other. So now, you know, your kid is one of those kids. Alice is not A fashionista just like me neither one of us really care no i mean people who see me obviously on a red carpet think what are you talking about you you well that's by the way that's
0: because one of your fashionista friends sent you something and said put this on and right you are surrounded by a scrum of women with fashion sense who as you are leaving your house will go stop come here (laughs) no do not wear that get out of that right now
1: right exactly but basically my look is you know I'm an old Navy girl, really. <laughs> just give me yeah. some, give me some comfortable uh, pants t- and a If, if somebody would
0: make a fashionable jumpsuit, that's all she would wear. She would have twenty made, and she would just <laughs> step into one each morning. She would like have it hanging on like well, baby, bungee cords, and she would step into it from her bed and just be dressed and start her day.
1: Target actually did make a really cute jumpsuit, yes, and they I do they have did. it in like four different Hell colors. Hell yeah, they okay. did. Anyway she got my fashion sense and yours really because neither one of us are very fashionable I do not care but um so Alice is just super easygoing. It's not that she has no fashion sense; she actually does. She likes certain things, yeah. but she doesn't like shopping. And so, um. when you realize she's taking things out of the pile, it's because she has nothing else to replace it. So, like six pairs of shorts is all she has. <laughs> and then, so if I've put it in the pile, now she's like, "Mom, I have I have to keep taking because I have nothing to wear." I'm like, "This is why we have to go shopping. This is why you need to like give me a day." She's like, "Uh, you just do it, and then I'll do it." And then she'll look at the stuff. She's like, "Mom, this is ugly." I'm like. Oh my god, you're driving me. Yeah, crazy.
0: then you come with me.
1: Exactly. Oh kids.
0: So you do have a shopping day planned?
1: No, because she's leaving for camp in like two seconds. I'm just oh like god. wear the things you want. Let me wash them before you leave for camp. But give me a chance to just label them first, please. Well And then you know she's gonna grow like ninety-seven feet during camp. Exactly. So I'm gonna have to wait till she gets back to get her clothes that fit her for life.
0: Well, I wanna um Share with you something a little more lighthearted, a little more fun. As you know, I've been trapped in this hotel room and I've been texting you things like mad to amuse myself uh, because I'm slowly losing my mind. I don't know if you saw this. Um, I know that you're a big cream of wheat fan. You, uh, Meredith, enjoys <laughs> cream of wheat.
1: I did see it. You sent it to me. You texted to me and, this morning. Uh, when I saw. Him. Yes, Tell this everybody. is yeah.
0: well. Chris um, Jenner has a new cookbook out, and uh, and oh boy, the um, some of the recipes. And a a Twitter user named Anna Peel shared... uh, Chris Jenner is
1: the leader of the Kardashian pack.
0: That's a great way to say it. The leader. She's the momager. She's the... Yeah. Um, So Anna Peel tweeted, excited to attempt this recipe from Chris Jenner's cookbook. Wish me luck. Here is the recipe. Are you ready? Robert Kardashian's cream of wheat makes two servings. Now, Meredith is like, oh, I love cream of wheat. I wonder what wonderful variation on cream of wheat that they've put in this recipe. What are the ingredients? Well... You're going to need a box of cream of wheat. Yep. You're going to need two teaspoons sugar or to taste, mm-hmm. and you're going to need milk. Now, step one, are you, if 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 you need time to go grab a pen and paper, uh, this is kind of complicated. This is like Grant Ackett's um, next level uh, cooking. Here right, that we're about to it. do. Step one, follow cooking instructions on box for two servings. Okay. That's step one. Uh-huh. Step two, evenly sprinkle the sugar. On the bottom of a large, shallow bowl until bottom is fully covered. Okay. Part three. Slowly. I think this is key. Slowly pour the cream of wheat over the sugar.
1: Oh, my God. That's so not what I would have done.
0: See? And well, there's the then number. Now, what do you think step four is?
1: Put in a spoon and stir. Well,
0: very good. Stir until blended completely. Uh, step five. Add milk. To taste oh. OK. And then step six: serve Stir warm, again. huh?
1: Stir again. No, nope. no add
0: milk, milk to milk. taste. They don't say. I, I guess maybe you could, but I you guess know you what? Could. I would just follow the recipe. I wouldn't add I your own little twist to that, right And then step six: serve warm and with love. Oh. So wow. that well. is Robert Kardashian was clearly a complex man. Listen, really? <laughs> I'll
1: tell you what he did that I that that is exciting for me about that recipe. What? He sprinkled the sugar on the bottom of the bowl. Yeah. Like that's not what I, done. What I would you have done. I would have put the sugar it? on. I would have sprinkled it on top. Really? Uh, once I poured the cream, I would have put Yeah, because then you can see how it covers, you know. And then of course, you know, also he said two teaspoons or to taste, my taste would be like six teaspoons. <laughs>
0: That oh, my is God, true. that's the funniest
1: thing. Now, let me ask you something, Patton. All right, go ahead. Do you not agree that it's almost a tongue-in-cheek recipe, that she put it in as a little bit of a, like, that's funny? Because clearly it's not a recipe. It's just, like, get a box of cream of wheat and put some sugar in it.
0: You know what? I don't— so that, he, I that think she probably be. did it
1: as a charming ode to her husband who's passed.
0: I think that's what it was. Maybe. I may have to look at the rest of the recipe book. I'm not really sure. You know what? It's— In her defense, that could have been a nice, because if I were to do uh, a, if I were to do a cookbook and I had the recipe for uh, Meredith's morning latte, um, (laughs) Meredith's morning coffee, it would be the same thing, but it would be like add three heaping spoonfuls of sugar in the raw milk and then a hint of coffee. Uh, to the, to it the, it mommy's milkshake. It is' M-
1: mommy's, a morning, big, mommy's morning Big milkshake. cup of hot ice
0: cream. <laughs> Meredith's hot ice cream. That's what that should be called
1: <laughs> Um hey everybody. I thought it would be fun to go through some of your emails. Uh, there is an email from Christopher Varney who wrote, hi, kids. Just wanted to say thanks for your podcast today. This morning, I had an outpatient procedure to remove a small cancer from my forehead and listen to your show for two hours to minimize my anxieties because who likes surgery of any kind? It worked very nicely. Thanks. Also, did anyone ever tell you guys you both talk faster than Barry Allen when you get on a top onto a topic? Like, super fast. Thanks again, Christopher Varney. Well, Christopher, I'll tell you something. I know I talk so fast because I've been told to slow down my entire life. I remember when I was a little girl doing The Journey of Natty Gan and then I did a movie called A Night in the Life of Jimmy Reardon, and the directors are all like, take a breath, slow down, lower your tone of voice, just take a beat, you don't need to talk that fast. And it's really hard when you're talking to like one of your best friends or your husband or when you get into a really great conversation you're just like, oh my God, I and yes, I'm aware. Baby, did you know you talk fast?
0: Oh, yeah. When I get onto a subject, I I tend to turn into a little, a, a fat little machine gun uh, when, I, when I start going <laughs> off. Um, <laughs> let me ask you a quick question, though. Um, uh, do you know who Barry Allen is?
1: I do not. Who is Barry Allen?
0: Barry Allen. <laughs> I was just wondering if, because you said that, like, oh, okay. Um, he, Barry Allen is the name of the Flash. That's what he means <gasps> oh. when... We're being that quick, and and speaking of the flash, and I don't want to revel in anyone's misfortune. I'm just talking about this in a philosophical sense. Um, As you know, there's that new massive flash movie coming out, where it's a multiverse thing, where he goes into the Michael Keaton's Batman multiverse, and there's been a trailer out for it, and it is, you know, it's, it's a huge, huge DC movie that's coming out, starring Ezra Miller as the flash who oh, is Oh
1: no, I've read it. tell it. I just read about this.
0: Ezra Miller who played the flash in um the Justice League movie um and uh also the he, now he has his own flash movie so they've they've shot the movie. The movie has been shot. It was a huge launch for DC. This is a big we are, you know, expanding our universe and Ezra Miller is currently missing. They cannot find him. He is missing with a girl who he met when she was 12. I believe she's 18 now. Her parents claim he drugged her and groomed her over the years um, uh, to sexually control her. He's also been arrested multiple times for just going ape shit, I guess in Hawaii and beating people up in bars. Um, oh man. But but all I can think of is th- this massive... They have this massive property that's coming out with the... Mo- they, they can't... And he's the flat. Like, can they go and digitally replace him with this? Like, how do you... How can they... How will they be able to reconcile this? That is this so is friggin' massive. What do you do? What do they
1: do? I imagine this is a conversation that producers... And executives have behind the scenes constantly because it all started sort of when uh, Kevin Spacey from House of Cards um, had his uh, transgressions uh, made public. And they were like, first of all, he was like put Netflix on the map with House of Cards Mm -hmm. and he was the first that show was like the first big streaming show where people started learning about binging shows. Yeah. And it was such a huge um it was so big for the network and for actually television in general for a new way of viewing. Yeah. And and then they're like, "Oh god, what do we do? Do we go forward with a concerning personal human as our lead actor? Do we what do we do? Do we replace this person and then There was a movie that he had done that he was replaced. Was it by Christopher Plummer?
0: It was Ridley Scott's All the Money in the World, where he played uh, Getty. And um, they had to, in some scenes, he was digitally replaced. In other ones, they just um, reshot, absolutely reshot scenes. But this is, I would imagine, this is a massive Intricate special effects extravaganza, well, of which course. I don't know how you with with probably crazy fight scenes. I mean, maybe that makes it easier if it's maybe. all. You know, they did it with Tignataro.
1: Tignataro, they digitally replaced her in the movie. She um, for Chris Delia had his own personal scandal, and they had reshot. Um, all of his scenes with Tig, yeah, but he wasn't
0: like the he wasn't the major.
1: He wasn't the character. main In the one, movie, so it was less is, work for them to replace. But this still, is like
0: this would cost, I would I would imagine. I don't know what production costs are now. I would imagine you would basically have to pay for a whole other movie to replace him, it like to, would with seem what you like have. You
1: would, although CGI these days, you never know. Maybe they get Ugh. another actor, or or do they release this movie and? Take their chances that people see it, regardless of his personal scandal, hope,
0: or or hope or people see it out of the sick fascination for the notoriety.
1: Well, who cares about that? The studio only cares if the movie's going to make money or not. No, I no. Mean, what I'm saying money, is, if 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 if,
0: if 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 they gamble on will sick fascination still make us money?
1: Oh, I see what you're saying. You know what I'm saying. But then it's like, then culturally, is that a bad thing to do? Like exactly. You know, someone's done some bad things. Now you're still. You're still promoting them as, yeah, it's, it's got so many complexities, um, just morally. But this you- is like
0: again, this is the Flash. This is a wholesome DC beloved for generations for seventy plus years. This character, and now he, it's their it's the first solo Flash movie ever. It'd be like imagine if when Superman came out in 1978, like a month beforehand. Christopher Reeve went missing with a couple of underage hookers down in Mexico, and no one (laughs) knew where he was. They're like, we have this Superman movie coming out, and our Superman is in uh, Guadalajara right now in a whorehouse. I don't really know how we spin this.
1: I mean, this question comes up constantly, because there are constantly scandals, and it's all that same thing. Separate the art from the man. Separate the work from the artist. Um, You know, People don't like to support people who have scandals. Like people stopped doing Woody Allen movies. Um, Actors started saying, you know, you would never say no. And if you did say yes, then you apologize for it quickly afterward. Yeah, yeah. Um, It puts a lot of people in an awkward position. Do we continue? You know, it was the whole thing when they took the Cosby show off the air. I, I I personally was against that. I felt like the Cosby show... Had such a huge impact on society and the black community, and it was so good for everyone. And it was such a long time ago, and I felt like that show mattered so much. And regardless of him as a human being later, the show meant something.
0: And yeah, but my, my counter argument to that, my two counter arguments are one, there are much that show opened the door for even better shows to come along that mattered even more to the black community and those are still around and two keeping the show on the air keeps money in his pocket y- well, you are I think still if you're helping convicted of a
1: crime you shouldn't be allowed to
0: well that's uh, a whole so other many, you know it's so
1: hard uh, it also this depends so on the
0: scandal if, if, if you've done something like if, if if someone's a drug addict or struggling with right you know and it's only hurting them that's one thing but if you're doing exactly. things that are hurting other people correct and A product is coming out that you are it's just gonna benefit you even more that really doesn't feel just if that makes sense. I
1: think yeah, having your own personal scandal, you know, getting caught sleeping in someone else's house when you're on drugs or speaking in tongues in the middle of the woods, you know, that's your own thing. Yeah. Uh, Meanwhile, the things I just said have happened. Um and we know yeah, we know exactly. yeah, 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 yeah. Um and those people I mean, Robert Downey Jr. had his scandals and he, you know, rehabilitated himself and he yeah. deserved a chance to be better from his own personal struggles. But I think you're right. If you've committed a crime against someone. Yeah. Um, but boy. And, and, they,
0: and they have suffered at your hands and there's been no restitution or justice. And they have to live in a world where they're like, every time I turn on the TV, there's that person making money and living a life of comfort right. like right uh, that's i don't know so how I wonder you reconcile what that gonna do
1: right now do they release I mean, the movie
0: the, by, by the way condemn the man but release the movie but again what what's the what they're leaving out is that he's still missing with this girl the family wants their daughter back oh like everyone God. they're not talking about how do we get how do we release this movie wait time out there's a family looking for their daughter he yes, has yes, her. They don't know where these the are fucking two daughter These are two simultaneous daughter
1: conversations happening. Jesus Christ.
0: Ob- How about yes, find the daughter obviously. first and then worry about the goddamn movie?
1: Obviously. Jesus. Obviously. So hilarious. But that can't not be a conversation when you have a oh. movie about to be released. There there are people sitting there talking about it. Then there's the criminal side of it and the parent side of it that have their own focus. But it, it does have many facets that you have to address.
0: I just try to imagine like a... a, 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 a A a vice cop or whatever cop is investigating the case talking to the wb and they're like if you could maybe wait to like a week after the uh, movie comes out to apprehend like what are you talking about? (laughs) we'll give you a cut of the merchandising if you can just maybe oh my god okay anyway boy that went down a weird alley okay what's the next email
1: okay we've got another email that was pretty funny um okay uh, this email is from Glenn Kilbourne. Thanks Glenn oh. for writing in. The subject is Wes Anderson's War Galactic. Oh. Any thoughts on the Han Solo as the carpenter at the theater being an homage to Harrison Ford who was is a carpenter before he became a known actor?
0: Yes, that was there there are all kinds of cool little in jokes like that in um we are talking about uh, my friend uh, Jamie Follis, who is a um, action figure modifier, and he does these reimaginings of um, uh, Star Wars and and other uh, properties in different genres. We
1: talked about this on we a, a, a past, this, yeah. past episode. How he designed different Star Wars characters as regular people, as if they were in a Wes Anderson film.
0: Well, I, I commissioned three different sets from him. I commissioned a yeah. Russ Meyer set. Um, Star Ooh. Wars if Russ Meyer did it, which is called Faster Empire Kill Kill, where every I haven't male seen that. Oh, I will send you the pictures. Every male character is a big busted female, except for the Leia character, who's just this hunky dumb dude, which is how all Russ Meyer movies are. And then um then I did one, uh Road Wars, which is Star Wars is the Road Warrior. And then the War Galactic, which is Star Wars as a Wes Anderson film. The War Galactic is genuinely um that he really took a deep dive on that one, yes. Um, the Han Solo character is a carpenter, get it? Um, his, uh, Chewbacca is a dog, um, that is where, that's who Chewbacca was based on. It was, Chewbacca was based on George Lucas's beloved dog. Um, in, uh, the the various rooms, there are things on the wall behind them that represent, like, in, in Luke's, Luke is a young playwright, and on the wall are posters for Flash Gordon and Dune, and the Lensman novels, all the things where George Lucas got his inspiration. So there's all kinds of cool stuff like that. We,
1: we have to post a picture of this art installation because it really is fabulous. But we did speak about it on our last, on one of our last episodes. And you could Um,
0: always go to, um, Jamie Follis' um, Instagram page where he will, um, he posts these sets and he is posting an ongoing, a new set right now called midnight matinee, where he is, um, he is reimagining the Star Wars films as a 1980s teen film, like a John no Hughes way. kind of film, <gasps> and it oh is my god, I love that! Pretty genius, and
1: oh my god, I hope he does like a dream—a little dream uh, reference—and Princess Leia's in like the leotard I had to wear, and that, well, and he's
0: he's dropping Han him one solos
1: to, in like the Corey Feldman <laughs> leather jacket.
0: <he's>, oh god, <laughs> <laughs> Force a little Force,
1: the little Michael um, Jackson outfit
0: he's posting them one day at a time so right now all he's posted is the protagonist this is our protagonist Lucas get it from the film Ah. Lucas a kid who moves to Tucson, Arizona and struggles to make friends kind of a Daniel LaRusso character and then um here he meets uh uh he meets his little nerd friend who's like a data meets ducky and this is clearly um C-3PO but like his his nerd sidekick Aww. And um, and that's the so uh, cool. yeah, so there's all these really cool little you know he he just does this stuff. I'll post a bunch of pictures the next time we post about the podcast. So
1: um, that's so cool. Well, those are our emails. Um, we're gonna take a break and we'll be right back. Hey everybody, we're back. Hey Patton, how's your voice?
0: Uh, it's raggedy, but it's uh, real. That doesn't How make any sense. How are
1: you feeling? You are in Savannah, Georgia, and I am here. Yeah. And you have COVID, and we—I've been so busy dealing with Alice, I haven't even really talked to you. Are you okay? <laughs> no, I'm are
0: you alone? I mean I'm What's fine. Happening? I, I just—I basically it feels like I have a bad cold, and uh, I'm drinking a lot of water. Luckily, I'm vaxxed and double boosted, and I have a um, little vitamin protocol that I'm doing. But I'm just p- taking it very, very easy and smart. And I've also Read that when you are uh, when you actually have COVID, um, slow the hell down and let your body relax. Your body will make you sleep, and when it wants to sleep, sleep. Don't fight that. Let it do what it has to do. Now it's time for did you get our picks? Tell you what we like, what we really really like. Yeah, tell me what you like, what you really really like. (laughs) Um, hey, let's do some picks, and then we'll hop on out of here. Why don't we do that? Um, here are my pictures right now. Um, oh my God. Here are my pictures right now. Oh my <laughs> God. In heaven. not only has
1: the COVID affected your voice, it's affected your brain.
0: It's burrowed right into my brainstem. All right. picks. Uh, this is not a, um, surprise on any level. I'm sure that everyone, I, I just finished the season last Sunday, like the most of you did. But God damn it, Barry is a perfect show. It's, it's Barry on HBO Max, Bill Hader, Henry Winkler. I, I, I don't think I've seen as perfect a show as this since um, Breaking Bad, since The Wire. Every moment you're waiting for it to take a wrong turn, do a misstep, it doesn't. Every performance is equally hilarious, equally chilling. It's perfect. Anthony
1: Kerrigan, who plays Noho Hank on that show, Jesus. is so phenomenal, charming and amazing, and so unique and interesting. I've met him in person. He's the loveliest person in real life. But man, is he a fabulous actor. I hope he gets nominated for an Emmy for this.
0: And also, I hope that uh, Bill Hader um, gets nominated. Now I'm really torn because uh, Bill Hader definitely should be nominated, obviously as an actor and writer, but and a director. my god, the fucking directing on this show! We have the, so uh, many
1: good directors right now. What the fuck ben is Taylor, happening, Bill Ben's Hader? Di- I mean, we have the best directors right now are really doing such great television. It's incredible,
0: St- like better than stuff you will see in films. The stuff that they're yeah. pulling off on TV, hundred
1: percent. I there, would put them. Who could you choose between? I mean, it's so hard. But anyway, there are
0: two. Um, sequences in the season finale of uh, Barry directed by Bill Hader uh, that involve the what you see and what you don't see it involves sound and sight and they are so brilliantly done um, and what's also that? And I, and I oh, and that's I can- so
1: interesting you said sound and sight one you see but you don't hear and one you yes. hear but you don't see and, and- the, it's it lists so much inside of you you feel it yeah even more than had you heard and seen both
0: exactly and what's even weirder is and what's even um so even creepier for me watching it was both of these scenes are genuinely horrifying for real horrifying and for real hilarious i was genuinely laughing and also horrified at the same time and and you also um Again, everyone on this show deserves an Emmy nomination. I but mean, a...
1: Stephen Root and Henry what? Winkler, my that's, goodness.
0: That's the thing I realized finally about this season. Stephen Root and Henry Winkler's characters are evil doppelgangers of one another. The way that they're kind of using and manipulating Barry or the way they use and manipulate people in their lives, they are weird users of other people for very, very petty ends. And they both play those roles so brilliantly. Oh, there's so much I can't talk about. It's an amazing show. it's
1: a huge pick. See, Barry, it's phenomenal. Bill Hader is not only obviously a comic genius, but he's a brilliant writer, incredible director, and a phenomenal actor, and it's inspiring.
0: Jesus Christ. Um,
1: Uh, What's your other pick, Boo?
0: Well, uh, I also would like to point toward a new uh, comic book that just came out. It's called Eight Billion Genies. And the... Premise is so goddamn simple. One day on Earth, every single individual person is presented with their own uh, g- personal genie, uh, and
1: uh, your own
0: personal
1: genie. Well, but here is the problem:
0: what each per this little tiny genie shows up in front of each person, and at exactly the same moment. Everyone on earth gets a genie and gets one wish. So every single person on the earth makes a wish at the exact same time. Mm -hmm. And all of these wishes. And so then you see everything starts changing because of all the wishes coming in. And that's the first issue. It's written by Charles Soule. Ryan Brown does the art. It has... It, it actually has – what beyond it being entertaining as hell, it also has a very useful thing of if you were in a situation where everyone on the planet was given a wish, and, of course, you don't know what everyone's wish is going to be, uh, it shows you what the one smart wish you can make to make sure that you're okay. Um, so that just that alone, that you now have is, that piece of knowledge wish, in your head. Is,
1: is the wish to make sure you're okay just – I hope I'm genuine. I wish to be genuinely happy. Is my wish,
0: wish, my wish is that um, nothing that is wished for outside of the bar I'm in can affect anyone who's in this bar. So he basically creates that would
1: he, be your he, wish. He
0: creates a little safe haven. But oh, in a that's weird the way, the he becomes yeah. But he becomes you realize oh he might just end up being the king of this planet because he has the one safe place. In other words, and also think of if someone goes, I want to be able to burn people with my eyes. Great. But if you walk into my bar, that doesn't work anymore. You know what I mean? Like so it's the one trapped safe place. he's in his own bar. Right. But he's okay. It's just, I don't know. It's, it's such a great fucking premise for a book. I've only read the first issue, but the first issue was so goddamn good.
1: That's fascinating. What if you say, I want to be madly in love with Brad Pitt, but like everybody wishes for that. And so nobody or, can have it.
0: Or I want Brad Pitt to be madly in love with me.
1: Well, that's what I meant. That I said it wrong, and but now, that's what I meant. And but now, then, he's now he's madly cra- in love with ex- every girl in America.
0: Exactly.
1: So then, what happens?
0: We don't. Well, I've only read the first issue. We're about to see what goes on. But I mean, the the implications as to what could happen here are horrifying and wonderful, and and I just love that they are. That's the premise they dropped, and they're going to run with it.
1: Yeah, I don't think anybody would sit there and go, my wish is to be madly in love with Brad Pitt. I don't think you need to wish that upon <laughs> yeah. yourself. You, yeah, you that's, clearly do it the opposite way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, okay, any other picks?
0: Uh, right now, those are my two picks.
1: Well, I have a pick. Oh! I am not really a comic book person. I have told you in the past that I do like one specific graphic novel. It's called Mouse Guard. Mouse Guard. I've talked about it a billion times. A, it's A it's beautiful
0: a great... graphic novel, by the way.
1: Oh, it's so beautiful. It's the art by David Peterson. It's so incredible. I've talked about it a thousand times. Yeah. Um, everybody, everybody, everybody should get that yeah. book. Cause it's just stunning. Th- everything about it. Anyway. Uh, that's not why I'm, that's not my pick. My pick is my point is I don't particularly love graphic novels or the f- comic the, books. The
0: form, the way that, yeah,
1: the form, it's just a bit difficult for me to <laughs> follow. I don't All know right. why. Um, I like it when you read them to me because I can – you read it to me and I follow the picture and you're like pointing at it and I, I feel like I'm you're reading me a book and it's really cute. But there's a new comic book out called Minor Threats created by a guy named Jordan Blum and Patton Oswald. another guy, different guy. Not, Jordan Blum and Patton Oswald aren't the same guy. Two guys <laughs> created it. And it's really, really good. And I – was uh, given it to read because I'm friends with and know the guy who wrote it.
0: She's sleeping um, with one of the writers.
1: Jordan told you.
0: Shut up. <laughs> just he doesn't want to um, know. Anyway, <laughs> I actually
1: really, really, really like it. I love it.
0: Thank you. Yeah, we're, we're very, mean, very proud of it. I mean, I definitely gave it
1: extra time because you, it's you, and so I was definitely trying hard to follow it because yeah. for me, graphic novels are hard to follow, just the format. Right. But I really, really like it.
0: Yeah, it will tell
1: people what it's about.
0: Well it is a Wait, basic, has
1: anyone else had a chance to read it yet?
0: Um a couple it of people. Come out yet? I I've sent I've sent that PDF to a couple of friends that I wanted to no, but you has know. it come out yet? It will come out. The first issue drops Wednesday, August twenty fourth.
1: Oh, so, I'm ahead of everyone. You
0: are way ahead of everybody. Um, oh, it's
1: really good. So, that's my pick. When you guys get a chance, for those of you who like comic books, get Minor Threats. Even if you don't like comic books, you'll like it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm going to. Tr- that's okay. That's a great uh, endorsement. Um, if you hate comics, <laughs> Wait, you'll love every- it. <laughs> Even if you don't like no. comics, you'll like Even it. Even if you
1: don't like comic books, you'll like it.
0: Says um, <laughs> <laughs> says Dream a Little Dream Star, Meredith Salinger. Um, <laughs> uh, it's basically about low level um, uh, supervillains, CD level supervillains. Who are caught up in a a-level supervillain versus an a-level hero um, battle, in which they decide, well, wait a minute, this a-level hero is ripping the city apart to find the a-level villain. If we turn the a-level villain in or kill him, we can get a little bit of uh, credit in the favor bank and make things easy on ourselves. So that's what they're doing. It's a it's our it's our um, superhero film noir take on. Uh, on the movie M basically um but we're doing it with superheroes in this whole world and it is been it's been an absolute joy because we've created this whole world from the ground up and our artists this guy Scott Hepburn um with his colorist Ian Herring have been just doing mind-blowing art and it's well, incredible.
1: When it when it comes from someone who's such a huge comic book nerd like you
0: uh, <laughs> it's like yeah.
1: I mean, I imagine everyone who creates comic books loves comic books, but you really love comic books and you think, yeah. I think you've read every single one and you're such a history buff and if, and mm-hmm. you have such an eye for film and it just, it makes it extra good. I think maybe Thank that's you. why I like yeah. it because it's I'm just
0: very like, excited, I'm very excited. from a fan
1: for fans. That's basically what it feels like.
0: Awesome. Um,
1: you guys, even though Patton Oswalt had COVID this week,
0: God damn it. I showed you the fuck You did a good up. job
1: on the podcast. Thank Lola. you. Your voice seems to be holding up.
0: I'm going to go take a little voice break, but I'll see you guys. We'll hear nope. you guys. We won't see you. No,
1: we won't hear them.
0: But you'll hear, gonna us hear us. They're going to hear us. Hey, guys, week. come
1: back next week. Next <laughs> Tuesday, there'll be another episode of Did You Get My Text? Feel free to send in any voice messages to our speak pipe and or email us, and we just might play your voicemail and or read your email on the air and communicate with you guys have a fabulous week stay covid free wear a mask yay love you guys
0: bye bye
1: this podcast is a production of meredith salinger and Patton oswald
0: in association with starburns audio executive producers are cliff dorfman and jason smith and if you have questions for us send them to
1: hey did you get my text at gmail.com and don't forget, subscribe to this podcast. It's free, and it helps us get to keep making the show. A podcast network.